Hello, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Today is October the 30th, day 303 out of the year, and we're reading from Acts chapter 15, verse 1 to 21. Let's begin with a reading from the Bible. The Council at Jerusalem. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem and they stopped along the way in Phoenica and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit. Just as he did to us, he made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted, as it is written. Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, he who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. This is the word of the Lord. Here ends the first reading. Now let's turn to the New Living Translation. 
The question of whether Gentile believers would obey the law of Moses in order to be saved was extremely critical at this point in Christianity's history and could have potentially split the early church if not handled carefully. The controversy had intensified. With the success of the new Gentile churches, the Judaizers in the Jerusalem church were led by converted Pharisees who preferred a legalistic religion to one based on faith alone. If the Judaizers had won, the Gentiles would have been required to be circumcised and, in effect, converted to Judaism. This would have confined Christianity to simply being another sect within Judaism. There is something of a Pharisee in each one of us. We may unwittingly mistake upholding tradition, structure and legal requirements for obeying God. Make sure the gospel brings freedom and life, not rules and ceremonies, to those you are trying to reach. The delegates to the council at Jerusalem came from the churches in Jerusalem and Antioch. The conversion of Gentiles was raising an urgent question for the early church. The real problem for the Jewish Christians was not whether Gentiles could be saved, but whether Gentile believers also had to adhere to the laws of Moses and other Jewish traditions. The test of following these laws was circumcision. One group of Jewish Christians insisted that following the law, including submitting to the rite of circumcision, was necessary for salvation. The Gentiles, however, did not think they needed to become Jewish first in order to become Christians. The Jewish Christians also were worried because soon Gentile Christians would outnumber Jewish Christians and they were afraid of weakening moral standards among believers if they did not follow Jewish laws. So Paul and Barnabas discussed this problem with the leaders of the church. Paul, Barnabas and the other church leaders believed that the Old Testament law was very important but was not a prerequisite to salvation. The law cannot save. Only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ can a person be saved. The council upheld the conviction expressed by Paul and Barnabas that following the Jewish laws, including being circumcised, was not essential for salvation. It is helpful to see how the churches in Antioch and Jerusalem resolved their conflict. 1. The church in Antioch sent a delegation to help seek a solution. 2. The delegates met with the church leaders to give their reports and set another date to continue the discussion. 3. Paul and Barnabas gave their report. 4. James summarised the report and drew up the decision. 5. Everyone agreed to abide by the decision. 6. The council sent a letter with the delegates back to Antioch to report the decision. This is a wise way to handle conflicts within the church. Problems must be confronted and all sides of the argument must be given a fair hearing. The discussion should be held in the presence of leaders who are spiritually mature and trustworthy to make wise decisions. Everyone should then abide by the decisions. If the law was a yoke that the Jews could not bear, how did having the law help them throughout their history? Paul wrote that the law was a guide that pointed out their sins so they could repent and return to God and right living. It was, and still is, impossible to obey the law completely. This, James, is Jesus' brother. He became the leader of the church in Jerusalem and wrote the book of James. Despite the compelling experiences of Peter, Barnabas and Paul, James turned to God's word as the ultimate test of truth. 
This should be the way we evaluate events. We all have beliefs, some of them fervent. We all have experiences and our tendency is to want to measure others by our yardstick. It is common for believers to think that their experiences, their convictions are true and should be the norm. Different ideas are thought to be inferior or invalid. Ultimately, however, what matters is what God's word says. The more we know God's word, the more we read it, study it, memorise it and meditate on it, the better we will be able to discern what is right and best in times of controversy or doctrinal disagreement. James's judgment was the Gentile believers did not have to be circumcised, but they should stay away from food sacrificed to idols, from sexual immorality, a common part of idol worship, and from consuming blood, reflected the biblical teaching that the life is in the blood, or eating meat of strangled animals. If Gentile Christians would abstain from these practices, they would please God and get along better with their Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ. Of course, other actions were inappropriate for believers, but the Jewish were especially concerned about these four. The compromise helped the church grow unhindered by the cultural deficiencies, differences of Jews and Gentiles. When we share our message across cultural and economic boundaries, we must be sure that the requirements of faith we set up are God's, not people's. The early church experienced difficulty of bringing together diverse peoples. Jews and Gentiles had so little in common. Different histories, traditions, practices, customs, cultures, languages. How do you possibly take such dissimilar groups and make them one? One solution is to decide not to decide that it is impossible. So you segregate, isolate and study each other with suspicion. This response profoundly affects Christianity's effectiveness and attractiveness. When there is snobbery or a judgmental atmosphere, the church betrays the teachings of Christ and loses all appeal. The other solution is to submit our prejudice and presuppositions to the greater purpose of God. When we imitate him, we become tolerant, understanding and accepting. However, such tolerance is not meant to include sinful lifestyles. James mentioned a few laws that the Gentile believers should keep with an understanding that basic morality and living for God would cover the rest. When believers of different races, ethnic backgrounds and social strata come together in love and worship of the Saviour, nothing gives greater glory to God or provides a more compelling witness. Here ends the second reading. Let us pray. Lord, this day we give you thanks and praise. For you are the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the source with which all things flow from and to. Lord, we worship you this day for your greatness, for your abundance and generosity of spirit and heart. Lord, I am forever in your debt for the things that you have done for us, shared, for the places that you've taken us and the things that we've done. Lord, help us this day to live in the knowledge that we are comforted, supported and taken care of. Lord, we give you thanks this day. We pray for healing, for hope and for faith.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.